Hey there, and welcome to episode 71 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Matt Davey, six-time marathoner and coach at Run to PB. And alongside of me, as always, I'm joined by fellow six-time marathoner and Run to PB coach, Saka Newman. Welcome back to the show, mate. G'day, Mattress. Yeah, great to be back on, mate. And how's the how's the hangover after the premiership, mate? You'll be um, absolutely frothing on that Sunday run at, oh. um, after the game. That was amazing scene, Zucker. Oh, yeah, obviously 57-year drought being broken and uh, a lot of people that I've seen so excited. And, yeah, so it was just a, I don't know, I guess that's that's what it feels like to support a team that wins a premiership now. I know the feeling. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I can see why people keep coming back for, and wanting more. It was, um, yeah, I was a bit, a bit nervous uh, when the when the lead and the Bulldogs got out to that 90 mm. points. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, this is not looking pretty. <laughs> we just sort of seemed to drop the ball a little bit. But then, yeah, a couple of couple of moves that were made, I reckon. Uh, yeah. Taking Gorn out of the ruck. And then, yeah, just a few bursts through the centre. And, yeah, just got a bit of momentum rolling. And I reckon there was a burst of like that five minutes um, yeah. going into the, third, the, the uh, end of the third quarter. It was just incredible. That, was, that wasn't, yeah. And I think... Was it how many goals was it to one goal after that, oh. that burst? It was like 19 goals, or something. yeah, it was something insane, yep. yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There was a stat that came up showing like, yeah, the, the score line after that time, and it was, yeah, huge. And I noticed uh, Chris Armstrong, he shed a tear, run to BB coach, he's been on, on, on the podcast a few times. And I know he was uh, yeah. he was elated, and uh, yeah, that no, was uh, it was great for lift the spirits of uh, Melbourneians, no doubt. Yeah, that's right. And hoping next year, though, Zaka, that we can um, get to the MCG to to um, to watch another potential Melbourne <laughs> Premiership. Already talking up the the back to back. Yep, talking it up already. Nice <laughs> <laughs> oh, one. Just because I wanted in it, wanted at the um at the G and have the potential to go there and watch it. Mm, for sure, mate. Um, well, hopefully we'll be um we'll be getting down to the MCG in uh, yeah, ten weeks or so. No, uh, it's crazy. Finish finishing a, a lap, and we'll, we'll chat a bit more today on our um on the journey to the to the uh, Melbourne Marathon, and also yeah, we had a listener question come in on um on race sort of prediction workout. So pretty um pretty keen to chat further about that one with your mattress, and um and I also caught up with uh, run to the athlete Eliza Danaher, who she's taking on a huge challenge in aid of the um fight MND cause. And uh, she's actually going to be running 27 kilometres every day for a week starting on uh, October 2nd. So, yeah, really interested to hear more about this challenge and, and such a great cause that um, Eliza's doing this one for. Yeah, absolutely. And also that sort of that 27 kilometres every day is in reference to the 27 months, um, which is the life expectancy of someone who is diagnosed with MND. So that's yeah, a, a great cause. And, and, yeah, looking forward to hearing the interview, Zaka. And and also mate you've um you've had to put together another good week leading into the melbourne marathon you've got to be happy with that one yeah just starting to stack the weeks together now and getting the mileage up um you know creeping up and i know over the weeks we've talked about just 
just little increases and um, was able to start adding in a double now. Um, so I had a double on Thursday and yeah, moved. Um, I think we were both on the same um, wavelength in terms of moving our workouts. Now that we're in that 10 week phase of, um, you know, that Tuesday, Friday workouts where some of these workouts um, will gently get a bit, bit more focused on, on the marathon and um, yeah, having that bigger break tends to help me um yeah with the recovery and and also pushing out some of the the midweek longer runs so yeah there's a, a few few things that play there with um with moving to the tuesday friday workout and, and, and obviously the, the sunday um, run becoming so important but yeah i was uh, really happy with the week i think um I'm trying to let's see what we hit in mileage well i think i might have cracked 120 122.6 yeah so 122 which is Biggest week for a while. Yeah, a long time. Um, Since mid-June, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of peeling back towards um, that pre-Gold uh, pre Coast build-up. And, um, yeah, it's some of the workouts this week, yeah, all, all about strength, like um, as, as I sort of mentioned, getting the mileage up, getting, getting some longer runs and some longer workouts in. And Tuesday I hit... Um, boulevard for a session i've done eight seven six minutes previously but um as i move towards a marathon build i like to add in a, a five minute in there as well so getting out um yeah just more time in the in the session and the recovery is only two minutes so session goes pretty quick and yeah starting with marathon pace and again it's some um, progression so the second half of those um those reps and more at um, that half marathon effort. So down to that 314, 315 pace, 312s. Um, and yeah, and then yeah, backed it up on Wednesday, back out to just getting out to 80 minutes on Wednesdays now. So yeah, feeling like, um, you know, you're sort of getting marathon fit when you can sort of back up over those workouts and then into a, into a pretty good um, yeah, midweek longer run and that'll push out to 90 minutes. Uh, before not too long um, and then yeah I was into a Thursday on Thursday double so out in the morning and then um, yeah just just yeah ticking over the legs on on both those runs and yeah they're coming out good knowing that um, I had a Friday workout as well so through the week so yeah I was really keen to um to hit that Friday workout and then, yeah, because those I saw the paces that have been popping up. Yeah, those those easier runs in between your sessions have been coming out a bit, a bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're a bit more efficient. Yeah, definitely feeling more efficient. I think the knee, um, the knee's really settled. I know we had a bit of struggle struggle with that, and I've been still doing the the prehab work, and I think it's just um, it's really just been the consistency I've put together that seemed to have um to help that at bay like it's um yeah just feeling better across the ground and warming up like getting out the first few k's and it's it's sort of feeling better and i think just for me um yeah once i get into a, a marathon block and start layering the k's yeah the body just seems to to respond to it so yeah that's good signs and yeah friday was uh 5k big big sort of well, not big, but like a, a real move towards a marathon workout. Like a, I'll, I'll go bigger than this, but this is um, more about 
getting um, getting a lot more stronger and efficient, like across, like holding marathon pace and then pushing on up and on the back end of it and getting getting just a lot of time at marathon or near marathon pace and just learning how to, to go through the, the ebbs and flows of that. And when you've only got a 500 float, so sessions 5K, 4K, 3K, 2K, you've, you've really got to be switched on for, for the workout and quite dialed in. And I actually had Al, um, he was, because he does his workouts on, on Saturday, he, he volunteered to jump on the bike and, um, yeah, which was really handy to have that there. And I was able to sort of sit on, in on the wheel for the first like five and four K at just a marathon pace and just really focus on kind of um, visualizing those first, you know, 10 K, 15 K of the marathon where you're just trying to do as little as possible, but still not relax too much that you, you sort of slow, you know, you go off the pace. So it's, it's a real, there's a real art to that um, getting into that marathon pace. And I think these workouts really, really teach you that and then um yeah with the floats that um yeah kept floats pretty steady like 350 355s and yeah finished off um with the goal was yeah the three and the 2k was to bring it down and not absolutely go after it but just work on um on trying to feel relaxed and good at the end of a um you know almost like at that 30 35k where you're just starting to to get going in the in the marathon and yeah i was able to hit the 320s and and the three under 320s for the 2k uh i think the, the good indicator for me for that workout was i sort of finished and was really much really recovered within two three you know a minute or two it wasn't a hands over your like on your <laughs> on your knees crouching over like feeling it's not the feeling you get after say maybe you push an eight by a k and or a, or a hard fart leg it's um quite different you just off that i just felt really recovered and um didn't yeah look at the watch and it was um 15 and a half k at like 326s um so good amount of time at um at, at near marathon pace yeah like that session that <clears throat> starting off a marathon pace and then progressing um towards the end and it just makes it a, i know it's just that that like, like the block that you're sort of in the moment you're talking about a strength block and that's a that's a perfect example of a strength session where you've got to um, really try to finish off strong off that short float recovery which is still pretty honest around that 350 mark um, and then pick it up on the 3k and 2k which you managed to do and then yeah it's a it's a great feeling to finish uh, like a long nearly an hour worth of yeah. running and finish it and think oh, i'm already recovered mm. I'm good to go again like and i think that that's a good sign that you've paced it well as well that you haven't like, yeah. to the well there's not one of those sessions you want to really be going to the well because it's going to you know not going to be recovered for a few days potentially off that exactly yeah like you, you know down the track you can you can have a workout maybe that and we'll talk a bit more about you know, predictor workouts and things like that where you are really pushing it along but yeah the, i think the goal here is yeah just to be as it's it's com comfortable and hard you know but not not over the top you know never feel like you're absolutely pushing it or at the limit mm -hmm. um and then yeah i had the um sunday long run uh again just having that change from from a friday to a sunday it um yeah you just feel a lot better on the on the sunday and uh we had the 30k in a different loop like we sort of get back to where we so we're out at the yarra flats and problem is with this loop it's ideal for an hour 45 hour 50 and then you've got to kind of then extend or push out and there's a few different ways you can go and 
we had um Anthony Aloisi, you might have know uh, Anthony. He's a mm-hmm. box hill runner, um, quite an accomplished runner in the day. He's still back out there rolling around and uh he's a local. He volunteered to take us on that last 30 minute and, and add on and we did a very different loop that um yeah it paid its time because there was a few twists and turns at the end of a run and we ended up on the um over some concrete on the footpaths and it was it was good and there was some some hills in there it was just um I just realized how I'm not that mobile at the end of a, <laughs> a 30k long run and when you don't know where you're going and then someone sort of goes yep yeah, we're going left and right and left and you're kind of like oh geez here we go um but yeah it got through it and it was um it's kind of a nice way to finish because you um you're distracted because you don't really know where you're going so you just yeah you're kind of focused on um yeah keeping on in the group and, and finishing it off yeah it's been uh, over 30k for the long run i think that's the first since i guess since the build-up of um uh from yeah Bob. it's good to get back out over the over 30k it is yeah and um I'll start to look at, um, I actually took uh, Morton gel and just took a little, I probably had maybe at hour 40, I just wanted to, yeah, just had a small bit of it, just maybe half a gel. Um, mm. Just wanted to get back to the fueling and get used to all that. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll start to now everything, obviously over two hours from here on in. And um, yeah, I'll probably look at um, scheduling in you know, four weeks or so, uh, another more specific long run, maybe a fast finish or, um, yeah, workout at the end of it. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a big week and, yeah, just really happy with how the body's going. So Good. it's just, you know, the marathon build, it's um, – you, you do have your – throughout the week you can have a day, you know, a day where maybe the start of the run you feel a little bit tired. But I think overall when you can get to the end of the week and be really happy with that, what you put out there, then, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you you're on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. No, 122 Ks and nearly 600 metres elevation. Yeah, it's a progressing well um, at this stage. I reckon that's a, that's a solid week and bank that and build off there. Yeah, the elevation's not near uh, your level though, Mattress. But, uh, I'm just trying to think, what did we, Ella, last week was, there's a bit more, a bit more in this one. Last week was 578 and uh, this was six. No, five ninety nine, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like it in that long run. Definitely had a few more hills in it. Yeah, I think it was just over two hundred meters climbing. Yeah, I had a look um, for that. So yeah, a few more hills on the long run. So that's good, mm. good for the strength as well. And you, mate, you also moved to the Tuesday Friday, and um, we had um, Sammy McLean in the in the group. Um, he might have. We might have uh, set you up for a session that you uh, you put out on Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, yeah, as I said, I moved to the Tuesday Friday workout. Um, yeah, the Tuesday one. Uh, we talked last week about how we both like to implement some fartleks into our programs, and uh, yeah, Sammy had put this one through. Mentioned it. it's called the Portsy fartlek. I've never never done it before. Um, it's a quite a long fartlek, um, and I potentially up. Oh, uh, yeah. I deliberately didn't look at how long in total the session was going to go for. I knew how long in terms of the hard yeah. ends there were, but I didn't want to look at how long it was going to go for. Um, and not till I got to the end did I realise it was 40 minutes long. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, the origins of the Portsy Fartlek um, that Sammy was telling us was 
um, from Percy Serity, who used to live down um, in Portsea and had a house down there and, and had a, a sort of a, a setup where he'd have, invite runners um, down there for, for some training camps and things like that. And yeah, he's world renowned, a very eccentric coach of a, a lot of Aussie, um, star Aussie distance runners like, like Herb Elliott. Um, 1960 Rome, 1500 meter gold medalist. And yeah, this one was, um, he reckons it was linked to in his programs, there was an eight mile fartlek. Um, so eight miles with 12.8 kilometers. So he reckons that it was probably linked to something like that. And um, you've got a few Percy, have you got some Percy books? Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of Percy books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Collector's items, aren't they? Yeah, they are actually. Yeah. Hard to get your hands on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're worth, a, worth an absolute mint. It's crazy. Um, There's yeah, a famous, I was just going to, sorry, interject. There was just a famous quote that he's uh, got. Is uh, just had a look at it. It's, um, he says, hard things take time to do. Impossible things take a little longer. <laughs> 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 he was, um, yeah, like you said, he was pretty, pretty out there. He's very out there. He's really good. Like his, yeah, like his works and his writing and things like that. He come, he's got a lot of good quotes um, uh, and a lot of good things that yeah, he's put out in the literature and yeah, if you can manage to get your hands on a book um, by Percy Serrett, I'm sure you sure you really enjoy reading it. Um, and then, yeah, I've seen even a couple of videos of like real old school videos. And, Didn't he used to run around the tan with spears? Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Getting back into sort of tribal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he would make, yeah, I think he made his athletes run around like acting like, yeah, they were, they were carrying yeah. spears and things like that. It, that he would do that, yeah, made it very, very different. But he was also a big fan of sort of um, doing weights as well and, and something, yeah. I guess, wasn't really seen to be done before that, from mm. what I've read, I think. Um, yeah, so things like that, that really looking at strength and obviously sand, sand dune running and, yeah, it was a... Stoic, was it Stoic? Stoic. Uh, yeah, Stoatonism, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yep. Very eccentric guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it would have been well. Imagine going to one of his talks. I, mean, I used to go down to the Oval and um, down at Portsea. That I think the name, the Oval's name, the Percy Serenade. Yeah, there there is an Oval down there. Yeah, and he it used to like at lunch times he'd hold hold discussions with his athletes like as a group. And yeah, it would have been very interesting to listen to one of those. I'd imagine. <laughs> well, their training camps were um, yeah were went to a folklore sort of how hard they were and um, mm. the, the caliber of athletes he had down there and into yep. the dunes for the uh, yeah, relentless training in this, in the sand dunes. Well, I think one of the stories was um, before her, I don't know if it was at the warm up track the, before he went out to run the, um, to race the 1500 at Rome and he mm. went out there and, and he, <laughs> and busted his, busted his ass doing a 1500 just before Herb went out and did it. And I think like there was some quote where he said to him, like, you may run faster, but you won't run as hard. And I think just <laughs> like just to try to inspire. And that's what it was a lot about was he'd actually um, practice what he preached. He would go out there and, and really show how, like, I don't, I'm not sure what age he was at that point, but over 60 years old. And he would go out there and just absolutely, yeah, yeah. Show, show him how it's done. Um, yeah, and, and, and things like that that he would do to try to inspire his athletes. Pretty cool. Yeah, I actually just, I just had a quick look at, um, sorry, we're, we're getting a bit excited over Percy, but um, <laughs> one of the, the um, 
Herb Elliott actually detailed a, a daily training schedule at uh, the Portsea camp, and he had a 7 a.m., a five-mile five run before breakfast in any direction or whim it took us, followed by a dip in the ocean. 8 a.m. was a breakfast of uncooked rolled oats without milk, sprinkled with wheat, germ, walnuts, sultanas, raisins, and sliced banana, perhaps a few potato chips to follow. 9 a.m. was swimming, surfing, or outdoor chores like chopping wood, painting, and at noon, they had lectures at the Portsea Oval, followed by another swim. 2pm was lunch, fish and fresh food, fruit. 3pm uh, was a siesta. 4pm was weightlifting. And then 5pm was a 10-mile run along the dirt roads, ending one, once more at the beach. 7 o'clock, they had tea and a discussion led by Percy on a wide variety of <laughs> subjects. And at 11 o'clock, it was lights out. That's a massive day. <laughs> Day. Sounds like a normal day in your life, Mattress. No, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be in bed by 11. I'd be in bed well before that. <laughs> That's pretty, uh, yeah. That, those camps would have been pretty full on. Um, yeah. In, in different to Falls, Falls Creek. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Different than going out to coffees at Milch. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this Portsy Fartlek was, um, yeah, it was a, well, as you'd imagine, it is a pretty, pretty challenging one. Um, yeah. So it's three, three minute reps, three, five minute reps, and then four, one minute reps. So three threes, three fives and four ones. And you've got to float one minute between uh, each of the reps and you've got two minute jog between the sets. Okay. So yeah, three threes, three, five, four ones. And that's so in total 40 minutes worth of work. Um, and so I was aiming for the three minute reps to go around 5k to 10k effort, then yep. settle back into around half marathon effort for the five minute reps. And then, yeah, just pretty much whatever I've got for the last one minute on, on offs, the last four, one minute on offs. Um, and so, yeah, ended up with 12 kilometers on the dot at 320 pace. Wow. And it was funny that, um, Sammy had actually messaged and, and I hadn't seen the message until after it. And he said, I reckon, I reckon you guys will be able to get 12 k's. For this session and ended up with 12 k's on the dot so it was a, a very good very impressive uh, prediction there by sammy um how, such a how good much one. how quick were you going in the floats um i think the floats were like oh yeah because i didn't i didn't push stop on my on my watch um so i think about 350 yeah. yeah yeah 340 350 is like just for the minute and then the jogs were like more make more like 420s um for the two minute jog so backing off a little bit more for those to make sure that's, it's recovered. Yeah. That's solid running. When you're doing the three by threes um, and then into a into the five minute effort, I mean that's that's almost a workout right there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is. Um, yep. without the four by ones to finish at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were hard. Yeah, they were they were they were pretty tough getting into those last four by one on off. Um just on the road. Yeah, yeah, I did on the road. Oh, I did the three minutes on some gravel and yeah. then on the road for the rest. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I found, like, I mean, you got like the modern fartleks, which are the 20 minutes, um, like DDK fartleks, 20 minutes as well. And and those sort of sessions, I find they're not not as so much a mental battle. You can kind of, you can get through 10 minutes and think, oh, I've only got 10 minutes to go. Like, yeah. and that's only potentially five minutes of harder running and the rest is float. So it's, this one where it was 40 minutes long was I found it a much, um, much more mental, yeah. um, mentally challenging session um, there than those 20 minute fire legs. Cause you kind of get sort of 20, 25 minutes in, you're a bit fatigued and you're like, I've got a fair bit to go here. Um, but just trying to make sure that you're 
uh, focused on maintaining that momentum once you build it up, build it up, and and trying to recover off the floats. Because um, especially after the, after the three minutes, I was still I was already hurting, um, already hurting a bit, and just had to try to really run control, good rhythm running for those five minutes. Mm. Uh, yeah, to to maintain that. So it's yeah. it's quite different to the monofartley. I think it's really. Um... Yeah, that those five minutes in there, mm. you don't get a. Yeah, you kind of have to um, use a couple of different systems in that one. So. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then yeah, the second session for the week on the Friday, I did a session I've done. I did that this session two weeks ago, and I was pretty yeah. keen to do it again to see if I was, um, I guess, uh, track a bit of progress mm. actually. Um, see how I was going. So it was three laps of the Frankston Reservoir, which is around just over 4.8 kilometres. I think it's around 4.83. Mm. Um, so one lap easy, one lap steady, one lap hard. So the easy is pretty much like the warm up, and I yeah. wanted to make sure I hit that around the same uh, time as I did for the the one two weeks prior. So I went the first lap in 21.52, um, and then the lap steady in 19.40. And then, which I think was, I was trying to hold around 340s for the lap steady. And then the lap hard, I was trying to dip down into the 320s. And so I got that out in 15.59. Um, and so a total time of 57.12. Um, and where it was improvement from 58.08. So it's like 56 second uh, improvement from right. last time. So yeah, that was happy to, to get that. And, and, and I know I looked at my heart rate data after that as well, and it was, it's eight beats lower um, this time yeah. around, and it was quicker. And um, but all right, and the conditions were similar as well. So yeah, and I oh, mean, there's a lot of factors that go into heart rate, but I guess that's a, a good sign that it was a lot quicker. And 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 when you look at perceived effort, it was the perceived effort was a lot lower. So yeah, it was good to good guide that um, what I'm doing is is in I guess absorbing the work and yeah. Producing um and it's also important to note like you don't always have to get quicker in these like even if you just went and did a similar time but then you're factoring you're building a bit more you've upped your k's or you're doing more that you know the fact that you've gone even quicker is, is great but um yeah it just sort of shows you that um yeah having having a few benchmarks good but it's not everything um but the fact that yeah you've, you've sort of taken um you know that last one and you, you sort of just alluded to you weren't pushing any harder you just it's just come out because of your strength yeah yeah exactly that's right that's a, a good sign with that would you look at modifying like could that become a four four lap kind of progression as a marathon yeah, workout? yeah i was thinking that actually yeah um or just keeping it three and doing a lap easy um or yeah yeah i was thinking even a lap easy lap hard lap steady just where mm. you kind of you've really worked that second lap and then you got to back it off for that third, even just switching those around or yeah, going to, going to four. So you go, yeah, lap easy, couple laps steady and then the lap hard to finish. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I think that'd be good. Cause then that's, it's almost 20 Ks um, of, um, of running for the four laps. So I reckon that would be actually a really good strength session, um, marathon strength session doing the four laps. So yeah, I reckon I'll look to do that actually in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and um, actually, judging by a few of the comments, mate, you made it. You got a few people's uh, feathers ruffled, mate, with uh, a couple of course records going down. The Sullenator, it looks like, and uh, 
15, 18. Um, yeah. How long is that? It's four. It's a 4.24K segment. And uh, yep. yeah, you, you fired up a few people in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> what's in it? And I um, actually equaled Karina Fife's um, CR. Oh, yeah. We're both on 15, 18. So yep. my favorite coach, Karina, she, uh, yeah. yeah, she's also 15, 18. So. She's, uh, yeah, I think next time I have to go, it would just slightly quicker to get that. I think when that workout, having the, the variation in the hills sort of really gets you um gets you strong for the marathon. Yeah, that, that, that the one hill, like even in the easy lap, it's it's hard. Like a heart rate goes pretty high because I, I reckon it's a bit like put it to a, like, um, what's it called? Anson Street Hill on steroids. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and longer. A, yeah, I think it is. So I reckon from bottom to top, it's about 300 and yeah. 350, 360 metres. Yeah, but probably it's sharper though, yeah. Just a bit sharper, yeah. Just the, yeah. I'd say the gradient's a bit, bit more. Yeah, and you, do you just sort of reset off that and, and you get to the top and it's really coast down? Um, yeah, I did for the first two laps, but the last lap, I, like you get to the top and there's probably <laughs> about 600 metres left in the lap. Yeah. Um, for it because i start at the top i don't start where the where the main car park is i started kind of almost at the top of the hill um and roll down and then back up from there so it is a little bit yeah a little like that last that last bit it was definitely hurting and the heart rate was pretty high um and so it's just kind of rolling over and trying to hold your form going down the hill and yeah. trying to break an ankle or something <laughs> what shoes you have on uh i had the new balance um uh the new balance rc elite. tcs no nah, not the elite no. um now the new balance rebel tcs that's what they're called okay so they've got the they do yeah they they're i guess more aligned to a tempo shoe i guess they're not mm. like as as aggressive as the as the um as what the i guess the elite would be i don't i don't actually run the elite or the you know the, the super shoe kind of style um and it is a little bit heavier too but it's a, a fine. It's a really good for a session like that, I reckon, where yeah. you know you're on your on your feet for a while. So was, yeah, you don't want to be too too aggressive on it. Yeah, and then yeah, we got out for the Sunday long run, um, thirty two. I wanted to take over thirty two k, so ended up mm. yeah, thirty two and a half, yeah, thirty two and a half. Yeah, so I got out to two twenty um, for the long run. Yeah, just to work it a little bit, push it a little bit further than the week before. So. I think it was about a K, about a K further than the week before. So yeah, pretty, pretty consistent or it started to pick up towards the end? Yeah, picked it up towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. The aim was to kind of, I guess, get rolling a little bit late. Um, nothing like crazy. Did you solo in that last five, six K or? Yeah. 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 I solo last five, six K. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like when you're solo, like you just, you just get rolling and you don't even notice that you've actually picked it up? Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? So, you don't even realize it. Oh, I'm actually yeah. like dipping into the low fours. And I think there was a couple that went under four minute K. So, yeah. Good signs. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that on the, it's someone just slightly up the pace on our one. And then before we knew it, someone said, oh, that was a 355 or something. And I actually didn't even, I hadn't looked at my watch all run and just didn't realize. And um, yeah, I think it's, you know, in that, in that setup where you've got a couple of other people around you, you can just get rolling and um, you know, one person yeah. feels good for 
for 10 minutes and they get on the front and then um yeah it just it just things sort of go that way yeah it doesn't i ended up with uh 153.8k so yeah big week yeah big week big yeah biggest week i've had in over a year that would be yeah well that's uh, exciting yeah so step up from yeah from 135 or what nearly 140 a couple of weeks ago so it is a bit of an increase and that's because i i don't I know that week. I think I've, I think this week I've added in one more double, so that was the that was where the increase comes. And does the thing sort of stabilise now for a couple of weeks, or do you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll stabilise for that. Uh, maybe even drop it off. I, actually, yeah, I was planning a down week this week, but I've got my f- second Pfizer vaccine shot on next week on Sunday, so I'm going to oh. push that one more week over. Yeah. Um, and coming off that, I think I'll. I'll um. Yeah map in a well, yeah add in a down week then rather than this week that's a, mm. i think just in case don't come off the off the vaccine feeling too crash up yeah and, and would you look at a um like a time trial soon or something? Uh, yeah potentially yeah i was like we did the 5k mm. um yeah i was thinking maybe adding putting a 10k or something like that in yeah time trial. um yeah were you thinking about one yeah, like I think in three weeks' time, I probably need to do something again and something a bit more, um, yeah, more specifically, a bit just longer. Um, mm. I think the 5K, we've kind of come off that that little period of really focusing on that and now put mileage in the legs. I think it's important to just um, not get too caught up in just rolling the weeks with sessions, having a, a bit of a... a a down week or a taper into a into quite a hard effort so yeah i mean unfortunately we won't have a race but whether mm-hmm. it's a, a time trial or an, an, a cup, an effort around the, um yeah i'd have to have to look at it but um yeah it's something i'm thinking about putting in yep yep yeah definitely have to look over that I and mean, potentially if we're the bubbles open up a bit more we could might be able to get out together for one yeah for sure that'd be great now, mate, you had a, one of your athletes um, have a, down in Tassie have a great yeah. speaking um, days. Maddie Morgan was um, was going around in the Ross um, Marathon down there. It was a 10K event that uh, he was entered in and ran 38.16. So it was a cracking run for Maddie because, um, yeah, he sort of um, had a bit of a break at the start of the year and got back into the into the program. We used the virtual 5K as a, as a sort of a... a I guess a rust buster in a sense. So, to, you know, four weeks ago, I ran 18.37. And then we had um, had the Ross set up for, um, you know, the f- four weeks later. And we knew that off that 5K, just put the head down for three weeks and then a bit of a taper that, um, yeah, we could put a good time together. And uh, yeah, I was absolutely stoked to see what Maddie um, ran. And yeah, 38.16 started um, pretty pretty steady had a couple of um tough k's in there with the conditions but then fought on and really finished strong uh he ran a 346 last k and yeah he said he looked down at his watch it was like 37 30 and 200 to go and he just um let loose but yeah great finish for maddie and um yeah really stoked he's building for cabri um next year so he's gonna do the half he actually ran um yeah big pb in the canberra marathon last year and now there's a real focus back on. I think with the uncertainty around races, we just thought, well, let's let's get a um, another half marathon uh, under the under the belt, and then Gold Coast Marathon next year is um, is what he's he's going to be targeting. 
Awesome. I think it's always good to, you know, sometimes you can build for marathons, have a few cracks, get that time down, and then even go back to, to improving your 10K through to half um, and then go back up rather than just staying at the same at the marathon. Yeah, feeling like you stagnate almost. <clears throat> yep. No, congratulations, mate. That's a huge run. Also, we had another athlete down at uh, Ross, uh, the Ross Running Festival, one of Karina Fife's, uh, Chris Wilson. Big PB for Chris, uh, Mattress. Yeah, mate. He is, yeah, ran 41.27 down there, down at the, um, the amazing Ross, Ross Running Festival. So huge run from Chris. And, um, yeah, huge, massive congratulations for that, um, that race. Yeah, great to see um, some events um, yeah, kicking off down there. And, uh, yeah, there's no doubt in the future we've got more, more events, more results to be, be chatting about. Ross is yeah. a bloody, that's a really nice place too. Good, good place. Yeah, and it's beautiful down there, beautiful day. And I have a lot of um, yeah, some photos floating around. We did a social post today and yep. see Maddie in, in fine form. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting down to Tassie when we can mm-hmm. and uh, get back in some, some um, travel and races down there. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Amazing place of the world. We also had down at Ross Zaka, uh, Simon Gates, who ran a, an amazing race over the 10K and clocked a, clocked a PB and coached by Chris O'Neill. Uh, so, yeah, massive congratulations to Simon. Um, then Nora Al-Mahanadi uh, ran a PB at um, in International here, Zaka, in Manchester, a 10 kilometer in 58.47. Uh, coached there by Chris Armstrong, so another one of our uh, international athletes. Yeah, doing doing amazing things over there. Um, and lastly, we had uh, Andrew Satinova, who ran a 5K PB uh, in a time trial. Um, I think it might have even been around your neck of the woods there, um, Zaka. Um, yeah, so Dave P coaches him, and he he um yeah he had an amazing performance, running 2030 or from 2035 um pb down now to 1836 so absolutely impressive um yeah and huge results and, and congratulations to all now mate, we also had a listener question come in from max on our instagram um and yeah max thanks very much for sending this through and yeah his question is are there any specific sessions that you use to gauge precisely what pace or time you should be able to run your particular event or events in. So what have you, is there anything that you go to mate, where you, where you sort of specific session to gauge what pace or time you think? Yeah, you I suppose it comes back to what we were chatting about earlier about um, some of these marathon style workouts is just getting used to running as close to your marathon pace for as long as possible and, and getting some of these sessions in. And I know that, working at these workouts where you've got floats in there can really be a good way to do that. Like the four by five K with a float. Um, I tend to try and work at, you know, go at marathon pace and I get a really good gauge from that as to how I'm in the course of a week. You know, if you're doing that on a Friday and you are able to, to do a four by five K and hit your marathon pace comfortably, you know, you've got to factor in, you don't have your taper, you're heavy, you're tired and you can sort of do that. They, they're good indicators for me. I mean, a, I've traditionally used a half marathon actually um, like four to six weeks out. Um, it just gives me the opportunity to, I know it's probably not a, I guess you can call use it as a, as a race, but it, you know, a, a session in a sense for a predictor would be yeah, that half marathon because I know I can 
get a good guide of how I'm going in terms of like, you know, how I can kind of get in there and hold a little bit, obviously quicker than marathon pace, but get out there and just feel good across um, you know, the 21K and get a good indication that you know, I haven't tapered heavily for it. I'm in pretty good nick. And um, yeah, I think, you know, there's, you can, you can do some predictions off that at half. Sometimes you can, you know, there's a few rough calculations, but I think that doesn't always take into the consideration, like you know, the volume of training, what you've, I guess what you've been doing um, before, like the holistic approach of the marathon. So yeah, I'm a little bit on the fence with predictor workouts because you don't want to get too tied to them. Uh, what about you, Maddie? What are your thoughts? Yeah, as a, I guess I haven't really done so much the predictor workouts for time. I, I have set time trials um, or races, I guess, as more, mm. uh, not, not, I wouldn't say they're workouts more as used as potentially a bit of a guide um, mm. for that. But yeah, absolutely. There's so many factors that go into it. You know, what, what the course is like, um, what the day's like, how you're feeling, how how heavy are you going into that time trial or that race? Um, but yeah, I guess that, those are some of the things that I like those time trials and the, all the races um, potentially that I, that I have used in the past, um, especially like distances, even from 3k to half marathon, a lot's going to depend on what sort of race, I guess your, your main goal is as to what, mm-hmm. uh, which one of those you might use as a predictor. Um, and I, I guess I like to go into these and, and what I tell my athletes when going into these is to try to save something in the tank, not to really go out at a hundred percent for these time trials. I try to tell them go like around, you know, 97%. Yeah. Um, and it, I find that the main reason, or I guess a couple of reasons for that. One of them is going, going into that time trial or that race is it your mindsets, you're a lot more relaxed um, going into it. You're not, you're not as, feeling is tense because you know you're not going out there to try to hit 100 so that one thing is you can go in a lot more relaxed um and the other thing is that you can recover so much easier going 97 percent than 100 percent. so you know if you're going to go in and do it you know a 5k or 10k time trial you know potentially you might be fully recovered if you hit it at 97 but you know four to five days and you'll be fully recovered whereas if you go 100 percent you know, it could be 10 days up to two weeks before you're fully recovered from that 100% effort. Like it just, that that extra 3% takes so much more out of you. Mm. Um, so therefore you can keep keep things going um, if you hold back just that slight bit and just and recognize that. And then, you know, take off a little bit of time from what you've ran, you know, being honest with yourself as well, but take off a little bit more time. And, and so you can use that then as a bit of a predictor. Um, and one of the examples I like to, like, oh, that I thought of, bring up is is just say you know you want to go out and run a 10k and that's your main race that you want to do and if you want to do a bit of a predictor so you might think all right let's go out and do a 5k time trial and and you're holding that at 97 and you're hitting this like two weeks out so you've got plenty of time to recover from it um and so if you're 97 and you run run that 5k at around 20 minutes and i know we use the the pace calculators um like quite quite often um and let's say that's then at hundred percent, let's say that's 1930 um, for that 5k. So at hundred percent, you've done 1930, 97%, let's say that's around 20 minutes. So taken off around 30 seconds. Um, 
And then for a race predictor, then we're looking at sort of 40, 35 to 40, 40 for the 10K. Um, so then, you know, you, that's a, around about 404s for the race. Um, so as a guide, then you might be thinking, all right, that 10K, let's uh, around 404s is, is around the ballpark mark that I'm at. So let's let's start just slower than that for the race, like you know, because yeah. it can give you a bit of a bit of a guide as to how to attack. If you really, you know, if you're if there's a pace, if there's a, a target pace that you want to go at, then you can go a bit slower for that, and then you know, gradually build up to that pace, and then hopefully finish stronger. Um, assuming, yeah, there's all perfect conditions and things like that. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that um, pace target. Like when you've got those pace targets put three or four or five seconds on top of that at the start, you know, mm. for the first three to five K and then run on, you know, run that. Don't, don't need to be straight on the pace target. Um, you can work into it and allow yourself to run, run through the, throughout the race. And, you know, it's a bit disheartening if you go out there too quick and then it just starts to escalate and, you know, you're better off to be a bit more conservative on those, those pacing. And then that could, and then, yeah, so that, that can give you a guide by, yeah. by doing that time for that 5K effort. You know, you've got plenty of time to then to recover um, and, and go about the taper leading into that race. And so, yeah, you can say, all right, you know, four-minute Ks is just going to be a bit too much for me. So let's back it off a little bit more from that and then hopefully finish strong. So, I mean, yeah, that is a it is a, a guide. And not always do we like to think about, you know, watching, you know, you don't want to be clock watching the whole race and yeah. getting caught up, you know. And it's also a race, you know, you want to get, try to involve with it and, and not, yeah, be looking at that watch. Yeah. And that's the thing when you're in a racing mode, there's, there's a lot more things going on outside of the watch that you've got to be able to sort of um, make some judgment calls on and and Mm. go with and not get too fixated on that. And just to, you know, follow a pack. And if you're feeling good, you know, you might, you might actually just tack onto a group and and go with it. So yeah, you've got to be a bit more bit fluid as well in that situation. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, that, that's, I guess what, what I would do for, yeah, potentially those. And and obviously it depends on, on what, what's your goal race as well as to what sort of time trial you might like to attempt. Yeah, I mean, another workout which isn't um, necessarily a predictor, but it's a really good, like, hard race simulation or an effort. It's a, a Michigan workout. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, Mattress. From, um, no, I've never yeah. done that one, actually. Never done yeah, that. Ron Warhurst, coach of the University of Michigan. He's actually uh, Nick Wills' coach. Um, uh, back in the yeah mid-1970s, he came up with this one. That's why it's known as the uh, the head cross country and track coach at university of michigan and so they called it the michigan and it's um yeah real i think you'd like this one it just to simulate um with a lot of like a combination of the far leg and the tempos in there and um it's a workout i've set with a couple of my athletes of late trevis and uh, will actually um <laughs> two athletes we spoke about on the podcast before will did his on the weekend he actually ran nearly ran a 10k pb for this one but um the goal wasn't to run the 10k it's it's there is it's broken up into various sections he did it all on the track you can you can sort of mix it up do track and roads depending on where you're, you're set up but um yeah so it's continuous and it really simulate that that race combo of a fart leg and tempo um you know it goes as a, a 1600 uh, or a mile as a US based session, it's, um, there are some miles in there. So, a mile at 10K effort, then a 2K at um, so 10K goal race, goal pace, 
Uh, and then you do 2K at half marathon effort or a steady tempo, uh, 1,200 at 5K goal pace, then a 2K back year, 2K at half marathon effort, an 800 uh, at 3K goal pace, then a 2K back at half marathon, and then you finish with a 400 hard on the, uh, on the track. And this is all continuous. Um, so, yeah, you're not stopping. And then it gives you a total of 10K. So, yeah, tough session. It's one of those ones where we've used it um, for these athletes, a couple of others as well, is that just without the races, we've actually kind of had a, a slight uh, lighter week leading into this and then off the back of it, a, a recovery week, treating it like how you would off, the, off 10K because mm. it really um, will take it out of you because of the, the pace changes and the effort required. And, you know, mentally, that's it's a tough one mentally to get your head around because of the, the, the amount of changes of pace you've got to go through. It's got to be a confidence builder, hey, for a session like that. Yeah, actually, um, Travis ran a, ran a 10K PP through his. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it's so, and again, yeah, like you say, a confidence builder, you come off that going, well, geez, I can hold that pace, you know, when I've done uh, some pace changes, I'll be fine in a race setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that 400 hard to finish, you know, where you've really got to come off a 2K at, at half marathon effort and then, um, yeah, get into a 400. It really simulates a race well, doesn't it, then, to, to finish hard for the, and have that confidence then to, all right, I can, I can finish hard. Like, I've done and, any training, I've, I can do it in a race. And you've got to be disciplined in terms of not just trying to belt every rep. Because <laughs> it just, it just you, you actually go undone if you do it that way. Like, yep. you're not going to be able to run a hard 400 at the end. And um, so, yeah, you've got to practice, um, yeah, a fair bit of pace judgment and, and learning how to run within yourself. Um, particularly, uh, I sort of mentioned to, to my athletes, yeah, definitely, yeah, keep it keep it conservative early and um, don't, don't blow the doors off, um, you know, on that, that 1,200 in particular. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like yeah, saying that you know you don't want to go to the well in those time trials if if that's leading up to the race. I know, like I, I think it was I'd seen it where um I know we talked about coaches before and Arthur Lydia, the great New Zealand coach, he he got his athletes to do a lot of time trials and um yeah, he would say he don't he didn't want them all out. He would just be you know just back off a little bit, and that's where I'd I'd got that idea about yeah holding back a little bit, and it just so much it, it makes so much sense. Um, for doing that, that and the reason for that um, is to make sure that you can recover and then so you're going to be fresh for the race and sharp. And, and yeah, same with that there is like in the in the Michigan, you want to be controlling the effort early so you can finish strong. Yeah, um, yeah so you've got to be really honest with yourself and make sure that you, uh, yeah, stick to those efforts. Well, hopefully we covered that for uh, for Max there. And, um, yeah, we, we definitely love having your questions come through. So, um, yeah, keep... Keep firing them through, and we'll uh, we'll do our best to uh, to get to them. This week on the Better with Running podcast, I'm delighted to have on the show Eliza Danaher. Eliza is a run to BB athlete, coached by Sophie Fed, and starting on Sunday, October the third, Eliza is embarking on a on a huge challenge of running 27 k's a day for seven days straight as part of as part of the fight mnd 27 challenge welcome to the show eliza thank you very much for having me great to have you on and um we'll just say off air you're um you've been quite busy in uh these times um do you want to tell us about your um work you've been up to 
Yes, well, I'm a police officer, so it's been a very, very tricky time, very busy. Um, yes, but getting there, running's been keeping me sane, that's for sure. Yeah, a big shout out to um, to all the people on the front line because it's been, yeah, as you mentioned, so challenging the last last uh, two years. And, yeah, I think, um, and you obviously do some shift work in there as well. So how has that been um, in, of late with your running? Yeah, I mean... The shift work normally isn't too bad. It's sort of more in particular the night shifts. It mm. feels like you don't even get any time away from work. You basically sleep and work and repeat. So it's very, very challenging um, on those weeks to sort of be motivated to push through. And I think at the moment, not having any outlet in life, it just feels like mm. you're kind of working and running. So I think it's hard yeah. to keep motivation in general. So yeah 100 yeah it's a, a lot of people in the same boat and um yeah yeah and look we're, yeah excited to get you on and chat about this amazing challenge and and what you're doing for such an important cause and i guess um also we, we'll chat a little bit about how had to pivot along the way it's um very 2021 20, or 2020 20, uh word to use pivot but um you have had to alter this challenge in line with with covid restrictions and all the rest of it but um Maybe just talk about, I just wanted to find a bit more about your running journey and maybe where did you run as, as a kid or as when did running come into your life? Um, well, I wouldn't call myself a runner when I say that I'm like, I'm not a runner. Um, I've always been very active. I've always played a lot of sport. Um, but at school, I was maybe a sprinter, if you could even say that. Mm. Um, but I was, I think I'm one of the many people who took up running in COVID last yeah. year, um, back when we were all motivated to do fun things, I would just go <laughs> out and run. And then, you know, I started with a couple of Ks and then I would just go out and I'd be like, oh, I did five and then I did 10. Mm. And I wasn't, you know, fueling or anything like that. Um, and then one day I just went out and sort of ran a half marathon and I was like, oh, okay, maybe if I do some training, I could do a marathon. Mm. So I think I probably started probably running about August last year. Mm. And then I did my first marathon in December. I did the virtual Melbourne marathon. Nice one, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's sort of the extent of my running mm. career, I guess you could say. It's been very short. But, yeah, I think after I did my first marathon, I decided, I don't know, I get a little bit of, have a bit of an addictive personality and was like, <laughs> what can I do next? Like, I love running. What's the next thing I could do? Mm. And I guess instead of being like, maybe I could just become quicker, I was like, maybe I could do seven marathons in seven days. <laughs> so, yeah, I was speaking to my osteo about it and he's like, oh, okay, um, do you have a coach or anything? Like, what mm. are you doing? And I was like, oh, no, I'll just kind of like wing it. And he's like, maybe talk to my sister. And he got me in touch with Soph, who has given me the program for my running. So, yes, luckily to have her because I have very, very limited knowledge in the running space. So I guess she's been crucial to get yeah. here probably only just over a year since I've started running. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty common thread. Like a lot of people got into running in the last 18 months, two years. And, yeah, kind of have enjoyed, um, yeah, learning about running and I guess getting to a point where maybe they're um, I guess things plateaued for them as well and they maybe just had to find a way to you know get some structure and some programming and I think that's where um, some of the coachings come in and um, 
Yeah, Sophie did mention there yeah, the initially the plan was the seven marathons in seven days. And that was that was an MND challenge that you were signed well, up yeah. for. Yeah, so that was gonna be to raise money for MND as well. Mm. Um, so that was meant to kick off in May. And I think it was literally three days before <laughs> I was meant to start. We went back into lockdown. Yeah. And it was like, do I postpone it for a couple of weeks and hope everything's okay, or do I push it out till the end of like year, October? which I have and things still aren't, you know, back to normal. But, yeah, yeah, we definitely had to do a big pivot. I think it was maybe six weeks ago we made the call Mm. change to the 27 because I think at the time we were maybe allowed to be outside for two hours. Yeah. Like I can barely do a marathon in four and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. Two hours, even the best people can't. So, yes, we had to pivot probably six weeks ago Mm -hmm. to the 27 Ks, which was obviously super disappointing Um, but I think I was so lucky to have Soph I don't think I would have been able to remain sane this whole time without her I think she has so much experience in Mm. what goes through someone's head Um, I guess in the ups and downs of running that I Mm. barely even had to tell her what was going through my mind and she was like it's okay (laughs) like what the reason you're doing it for is to raise money for MND. So that's, you know, that's your goal. Like people don't care if you're going to do, be able to do the 27 because mm. of COVID or the marathon, like, you know, you need to remember the cause. So she was like amazing in that time. So I've, you know, there's been many instances like that where I've, you know, had little niggling injuries and mm. pulled her up and she's like immediately been able to sort of change the program and she's just you know very reassuring and keeps like gives you kind of that little bit of motivation and you know ignites that spark a little bit again yeah I mean look particularly in these times where yeah and and you're working long hours and yeah having having someone in your corner and 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 like things just as runner and as you're learning as a runner now that things just don't one day you feel good and the next day you you just don't feel great and you know it's it's some days you don't need to push through it and I think um yeah it's it's great to have someone with um Soph's expertise in your corner helping you out tell us about um MND and like your connection to the charity why um is there a a personal reason why you you went with MND yeah so my best friend Maddie her auntie Kath um was diagnosed with MND I think it's five or six years ago now Um, so yeah, I think from my perspective, I've definitely seen the impact that something like MND has on the family. Um, my friend has, you know, helped care for her a lot. Um, and with MND, there's no cure, there's no treatment. Mm. So it's very hard to sort of, you know, have hope and keep going because you just don't know what's going to happen and people who are diagnosed with it have such varying degrees of severity some people live for a few months and some people like Neil they live for years so Mm. um that's kind of my connection and it's you know it's it's really hard you kind of feel like there's nothing you can do or say that makes it any better so I guess this was kind of the next best way of you know kind of doing my bit to help out and you know support those people that I really care about Um, because you know there is so many different fundraisers MND do and I think this 27 campaign um, they're doing is um, you know super special um, with like 27 is the number of months someone who's diagnosed with MND is expected to live which really isn't long and like I said it can vary a lot between person to person 
Um, so yeah, I think as much as I was kind of disappointed that I couldn't do the 42 Ks, I think the 27 like has a really beautiful meaning and ties in like really well with kind of the reason that I'm doing all this. Yeah. The, um, the MND website's got a lot of info on there and it's, um, quite interesting. I was having a look at it. Um, but I just didn't realize that I think there's one of the stats in the, the fast facts was like every day, at least two people are diagnosed with MND in Australia. So it's, um, yeah, pretty it prevalent. Definitely, yeah, it doesn't discriminate either. Like people yeah. of all ages, you know, their health levels, like it can literally yeah. just, you know, impact anyone. And I think, yeah, because there really is that uncertainty about, you know, life expectancy and how it's going to yeah. impact on you that, you know, the diagnosis is a pretty horrible thing yeah. to receive. Yeah, well, they're, they're doing great stuff with with the money they're raising and the research, and, and, and it's um yeah, a fantastic course. Talking, just going back to your running, and um, now having to having the plan of twenty seven k's uh, in seven days. What um has your training been going? Um, it's been going well. I definitely think since um, May when I had to postpone things, I definitely haven't been you know, as excited and motivated for my running, it was really, really hard to like mentally like reset, which I'm sure it has been for so many people, like so many people have missed out on different events. Um, But it has been good. I think my running has been really important um, to sort of stay sane at the moment as well. Um, And I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had any injuries um, or anything like that. So that was like a really important thing. Yeah. that we wanted to do, like get to these runs uninjured. Um, so, yeah, it's going well. I've pretty much completely tapered off now, probably a couple of short runs until um, I start. But, yeah, I'm definitely not breaking any records by any yeah. means. But, you know, but, you know it, it really isn't about that. And I think, um, you know, that what you're doing, yeah, I mean, it's a huge achievement to even, um, yeah, for, to, to do this seven, seven days straight. What about location-wise? How, how are you going to play that? Are you going to play, are you going to go over the same course every day or are you going to mix it up? Um, I think I'm going to, over the next few days, like figure out a couple of routes that mm. I'm going to do, but I think I'm just sort of going to see how I go. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people have asked to like come out and do bits with me, so I sort of need to yeah. plan a little bit. But I think my plan will be to find the flattest routes in Melbourne because I think <laughs> the week the legs won't have much in them to yeah. any kind of hills. So I think probably like along the beach, St Kilda, Port Melbourne, mm. and I'm in Armadale, so like probably like the yeah. loop into the city and back. So mm. yeah, yeah. Well, in you know seven days, you could get um, quite a few different seasons being in Melbourne. So exactly, <laughs> <You> might, <laughs> yeah, might have to be. yeah. We'll see how that that goes. And Soph, has she got any last uh, advice um, for you leading into this run? What was was the main takeaway? Well, she actually messaged me last night and she was just like, are you so excited? Like, you should be so excited, so proud um, to do it. So I think for her, it's like about enjoying it and Mm. like, you know, just taking in the moment. Like, I've done the work now for nine months. So it's just, you know, about enjoying it now and, whatever happens happens and like you know if it takes me hours to do it it takes yeah. me hours to do it so yeah it was definitely just be excited 
yeah, I think that's that's great points. Like not to to get too fixated. I just take it, um, yeah, k by k, day by day. Like yeah, it's, exactly um, right. Yeah, uh, and so we're going to put the link in our show notes, and we'll we'll post on our socials. So that's how people can can get behind you and um, donate. You've got a um, Vite MND um, fundraising page, and yeah, yep. Strava. Can people follow you on Strava as well? I mean, yes, if they want to. I mean, like I said, I'm not breaking any records, but I do yeah. love a Strava post with a fun picture. So, nice. yes, I'm on Strava as well. Yeah, well, it's um, we're going to be watching the uh, the whole Runs PB teams are right behind you, and um, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll post all the details in our in our podcast notes, and yeah, we'll we'll keep the uh, the listeners updated and the community um on our socials. So um, yeah, once again, thanks um so much for taking your time and. To, to jump on and, and raise awareness on this really important um, run and event you're doing and yeah a big uh, big good luck to you yeah thank you very much and like I said earlier like I couldn't have done this at all without all of the run to PB team and the program um, involved so yeah I'm super super grateful for having Soph in my corner it's been invaluable and I'm sure she's still going to be there over the next few weeks getting me yeah. through so yeah super grateful and very excited to get going yeah i, I no doubt it's um you're gonna have a re- couple of weeks recovery off so the seven days <laughs> yeah for sure yeah very well, much. enjoy it and uh like i said we'll be following along all right thanks so much thanks a lot